As I always say, God's not done with any of us yet. So every single day, something is shaping you. Something is making you. And God's goal is that all of us become more like Jesus. And that's how you know that it's all good. Because everything in your life, God will harmonize, will bring together to make us more like Jesus. This may be surprising, but God isn't Santa. You can't send him your wish list of blessings and demand he come through. That just isn't his agenda at all. God wants to make you more like Jesus. He wants to use you to reach this lost world. Today, Pastor Daniel will encourage you to let God do what he needs to do in your life to sculpt you and your circumstances more into the image of his son. Let him give you the blessings he knows you need. Now, Here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Romans, chapter 8, as he continues his message, It's All Good. Until you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the Spirit is trying to help you, but from an outside perspective. He doesn't have residence in your heart and in your life from the inside, so he works on the outside so that you'll say yes to Jesus so that he can work on the inside. Right? So in, in some ways, and it's a crude analogy, but it's kind of like if you fall in love with a gal and you want to marry her, but she won't let you. You got to work so that you can get on the inside. Does that make sense? So that you could be a part of her life in that way. And in the same way, the Spirit of God is pursuing you and, and wooing you and, and trying to draw you in so that you put your faith and trust in Jesus so that he can get inside your life. That's what he wants to be because he's a helper. And he helps in our weaknesses. The Bible says it is so beautiful that in our weakness, God's strength is made perfect. We live in a world, we don't like to say that we're weak. But the Bible says that when we're weak, then we're strong. Because it's the Lord's strength. He's the all-powerful one. No matter how much you can bench press or squat, you're still not all-powerful. Right? I was watching a video of a guy who broke the world record on the biggest deadlift. Now, if you don't know anything about this, I know very little about it. It's like when you're down and you have to pick this thing up like this. Right? And I watched this guy and it was crazy what he did. And then after he was done, he passed out and he started bleeding from his nose. And I was like, wow. I'm like, I am never going to lift like that ever. You know, I don't even want to sweat, let alone pass out and get a bloody nose, you know. But then I had this crazy thought. I'm like, so this guy just broke the world's record of the largest deadlift and God spoke the universe into existence. You know what I mean? Like, like it's not like the Lord just was like, okay, I, I got to get worked up here to get this thing done. He just spoke. Jesus said, peace be still. And the wind and the waves stopped. And I'm like, this guy's passed out. Got a bloody nose. God ain't even breaking a sweat. So listen, one of the hardest things for the contemporary person, you and I, is to realize that you actually don't have to be strong. Because when you realize, when you come to the end of your resources, then you're like, Holy Spirit, help. And he helps. Because he's a helper. So first we learn that the Spirit helps. And I get that right there from verse 26. Now notice, 
For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession. Now that's powerful. Not only does the Spirit help, the Spirit makes intercession. Now that word intercession is a biblical word that literally means to bear someone's burden. When somebody is carrying a burden, the Spirit comes along and says, let me take this burden. It's when you rescue somebody in the midst of their situation. You stand in the gap for them. And what's beautiful is the Bible says that not only does the Spirit make intercession, but that Jesus ever lives to make intercession. So one of the reasons it's all good is because the Spirit joins Jesus in bearing your needs in prayer. How powerful is that? For the follower of Jesus right now, the Spirit is making intercession for you. Standing in the gap for you. In your mess. In your situation. When you don't know how it's going to work. But not only does it say the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Wow. The Spirit, it says, groans. That's the third thing we learn about the Spirit here. Now, what's interesting is we've already seen that all creation groans. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 22. And then in Romans chapter 8, verse 23, it says, we groan within ourselves. And now we have the fact that the Spirit of God groans for us. It's like the Spirit is laboring with us in the midst of all of the suffering. Creation groans. You and I groan and the Spirit groans within us. So the Spirit, just the way Jesus is incarnational, joins humanity at street level, right where we are, the Spirit does the same thing. The Spirit is groaning, desiring God's best to come to pass. But now that, what it says in verse 27. But he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is. Wow. Do you realize it's all good because the spirit has his own mind. He has his own mind. It's so funny because you realize that the spirit is not a thing. The spirit is a person. Now, if you follow me on Facebook just the other day, our uh, media team had some fun because we posted a video that says the spirit is a real thing. And the theology police came out in droves, you know. Which I always love because it's like, the Bible says a fool answers a matter before he hears it. Nobody watched the video. They say, he's not a thing. He's a person. And I just wrote in, just watch the video. Because <laughs> in the video I say, he's not a thing. He's a person. But for someone who doesn't know him as a person, they just think he's a thing. You realize that, right? If you know who, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, then you realize that the spirit, he's a person, he's got his own mind. But before you know that he's a person, you just think he's a thing. He just shows up every once in a while and does some crazy stuff. Now there's some, I say that because there's some of you right now who the spirit's a person with his own mind, but you think of him as a thing. Now how fun would it be if I called you a thing? I call my kids that all the time. We call them thing one, thing two, and thing three. But we do it in love and in jest, and they know we love them, you know? But the idea for us is that the Spirit has his own mind. And the Spirit's mind is linked up with the mind of Christ and the very thoughts of God that are higher than ours. See, the Spirit is working within us to bring God's purposes to pass. Now, how do I know it? Because in the end of verse 27, it says, For he makes intercession for the saints according to the... 
will of God. So the Spirit intercedes for you in accordance with God's best for you. Now, that's why it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, that we should pray in accordance with the Spirit, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. See, for you and I, the first step in the fact that it's all good is because the Spirit is at work. And in all your situations, no matter if you wanted them or if you didn't, if you got that promotion or if you didn't, if the thing that you hope would not happen, if that happened, the first step is that the Spirit is working. He's working to help. He's making intercession. He's got his own thoughts and he's trying to orchestrate things according to God's will as he groans as creation and you groan. Isn't that encouraging? See, the biggest problem for all of us is we want the end of the story but we're actually in the midst of the story. Right now, if you if what you're dealing with doesn't make a lot of sense, you have to remember, you're in the middle chapters. Maybe you're just in the first act of what is happening. You watch any story that's worth any amount of energy on your part, you realize that all sorts of things go on in the midst of the story, and you only know where it lands at the very end. And in the same way in your situations... One of the reasons it's all good is because the Spirit is working right now. Do you realize that what God is up to, you don't even necessarily understand yet? He's bearing fruit in your life. He's helping. He's moving things into place. Like when Lynn and I were driving to church that day, we had no clue we were going to get a frying pan to the windshield. And we had no clue the fact that what God is, and we still don't know what is God doing right now? What's his plan? How is he going to work this stuff out? But one of the things you can know if you are a child of God is that the spirit is at work right now. He's doing something. God's never static, always dynamic. And then from there, look what it says. And this is a, a famous verse. Notice what it says. Verse 28 of Romans 8. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. And I would say it to you this way. When God says it's all good, it is. When God says it's all good, it truly is. Romans 8.28 is a famous verse for a reason. So what I want you to do is I want everyone, I want you to take your pen out and I want you to circle Romans 8.28 in your Bible. I want you to circle it in there. Go ahead. If you're using a, you know, a, a device, you can highlight that thing. I don't want you to write on your smart device. That would be a, a unfair to yourself, right? Or, and of course, if you are too spiritual to write in your own Bible, you can write in your neighbor's Bible. They're not nearly as spiritual as you are. But this verse is important because notice it begins with and we know. It doesn't say, and we hope. It says, and we know. Right? So this begins with a settled knowledge, a settled understanding. Because the Spirit is at work, we know that all things. Now, what do we always say here? When you see the word all, what do you say to yourself? It means all. Right? It doesn't say that we hope that certain things... 
or some things, it means we know that all things work together for good. Now, do you have that confidence today? The thing right now that's keeping you up at night with stress. The thing that you find yourself praying about and journaling about. The things that you're chatting everybody up about because you're so worked up about it. Are you chatting from a place of doubt and suspicion? Or are you chatting from a place of, and we know that all things, including this thing, work together for good. Now, what this doesn't say is it doesn't say that everything is good. What it says is that we know that God works all things together for good. And there's a distinction there. Now, you can make the case because God uses it to work together for good, then ultimately it is good. But what it's saying is that God takes and harmonizes our lives in accordance with his perfect plans. Now, the problem for us is that we forget what God's ultimate goal is. How can we know that all things are working together for good? We actually get it in verse 29. Notice what it says. It says, and I'll get to this and I'll unpack this for you in a little bit. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Now I want you to underline that line. To be conformed to the image of his son. Because listen, my friends, God's ultimate goal is not to fulfill your five-year plan. God's ultimate goal is not to give you everything that you want, everything that society tells you you should have, everything that you think you deserve. God's ultimate goal is to conform you into the image of his son, Jesus. That's his goal. And ultimately, when you are following the Lord... And the Lord is doing that work. You begin to think that should be my ultimate goal as well. See, all things are being harmonized by God to work together for good to make you more like Jesus. That's God's goal. Because God gets glory when we're like Jesus. We struggle with God because God doesn't do the things you want him to do. You send God your Christmas wish list sent to Santa Claus at the North Pole. And God isn't like, well, I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that. Of course I'm going to let you win the $750 million Powerball. Because that's going to be really good to make you more like Jesus. You'll just be miserable with lots of money. Right? And so like, we have these things where it's like, God, if you do this, then I'll know that you're God. He's like, actually, I am God. And you'll know that I'm God because I'm going to make you more like Jesus. See, because we want God to be the great cosmic vending machine, don't we? We want to pull up to the drive through a prayer and say, God, can I have my latte with coconut milk, one quarter decaf, sugar-free, with 97 Splendors. And then you take a sip of what you get, and you're like, this isn't what I wanted. Because God's ultimate goal is to make us more like Jesus. And when you realize that, what starts to happen is, is you start to see, what is happening right now is not what I wanted. It's not what I hoped for. 
But God wants to make me like Jesus. So maybe right now, instead of resisting and fighting against what's happening, I'm supposed to say, God, how are you trying to make me more like Jesus right now? And then all of a sudden, if you can take that step, you begin to realize all of this is really good. All of this is purposeful. Because God's goal is to make me more like his son. Because God's goal is transformation. He wants to transform us. And all of us are being conformed every single day. You realize that. There's no such thing as a person who's not being conformed to something. Right? You're all, we're all being changed every day. As I always say, God's not done with any of us yet. So every single day, something is shaping you. Something is making you. And God's goal is that all of us become more like Jesus. And that's how you know that it's all good. Because everything in your life, God will harmonize, will bring together to make us more like Jesus. Now, in these verses, it says, for we know that all things work together for good. And then we have two things, for those who love God and for those who are the called according to his purpose. Now, what's really powerful about this is you have to realize that the grounding of all things working together for good is not your ability to love God. Because if you're honest with yourself, all of our feelings of love for God is kind of like the stock market, right? It's like a little bit all over the place. Yesterday you love God and Today you're like, yeah, I'm not really so sure about this whole God thing. And, you know, it's like, it's like we have this idea that it's like, if I love God, all things are working together for good. No. Really, all things work together for good for those who are the called according to God's purposes. And when we're called according to God's purposes, it's God's calling that grounds the all things working together for good. Not my love for God. I tell people this all the time, and, and I want to remind us. We, I've said this in this pulpit many, many times. That... You should not say, God, I want to love you more. You should say, God, help me to respond to your love that is absolutely unchangeable. God will not love you more and God cannot love you less. The cross says that God loves you completely and totally without any shadow of turning. So God isn't withholding his love for you. When you have a bad day, or when you're not really responding to God's love the way that you want, it doesn't mean God loves you less. God's love for you is the one stable, permanent, fixed reality of your life. So our job is to say, God, I want to love you more. It's like, actually, Lord, I want to respond to your love better. I want to respond to your love better. Because it's God's calling... That holds us in Christ. And the beauty is, is, the reason it's all good for us is that if you're in Christ and you've been called according to his purpose, that God's love for you is permanent and it's fixed. And so our job is to say, Lord, will you open up my heart so I can experience more and more of your love? See, God says all things are working together for good. And you can know that because you're called according to his purposes and you respond to God's love with love. Jesus said almost the same thing. Romans, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. I think this is a word for some of us here today. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. He says, come to me, Jesus is saying, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke 
upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, Jesus is saying in those verses, take it easy. I believe there's many of us right now, you're, you're hearing this and you are working so hard. You're trying so hard. Maybe along the way you've taken the yoke of this world upon you. I mean, a yoke was something that put two animals and made them work together in concert. And all of us take yokes upon us. Maybe it's the yoke from your parents, right? Or you're trying to prove to a parent that there's something about you that they don't understand. And Jesus is saying, listen, actually I want you to be yoked with me because my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Maybe you're here today and you're feeling really burdened, weighed down. When Jesus is saying, my burden isn't cumbersome. See, one of the things that I've learned, and I want to speak to those of you who are here who are already in Christ, like you already believe in Jesus. One of the things that Satan does to try and grind us to a halt is he begins to make us feel heavy burdens that Jesus isn't giving us. I know this real well. I mean, as one of the pastors here at Crossroads, big church, big responsibility. And every once in a while, I find myself getting weighed down with everyone's problems. Remember I say that we're all fixer-uppers? You know what I mean? Who's got this going on? Who's got that going on? Who's got this thing, that thing? And there are times when I feel myself suffocating under the weight of it all. It's a real feeling. But then I come back to this verse and Jesus says, Daniel, it's not your burden, it's mine. Your job is to not take on the burden. Your job is to point them to me. And you need to trust me. I realize that I make hundreds of decisions every week that have a big impact and lots of things. And I feel weighed down by that. But guess what? His yoke's easy. His burden's light. He's like, Daniel, it's my church. Now that's my context. But I think I'm like everybody. What kind of yoke are you taking on that isn't easy and light? What are you carrying right now that Jesus isn't asking you to carry. I believe that for many of us, God is saying to you, it's all good because I got it. Don't worry about it. Don't be freaked out about it. I got this. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Take off that yoke of whatever it is, that burden of whatever it is, and allow Jesus to put on his yoke. One of the tactics the enemy uses to bring down followers of Jesus is to saddle them with burdens not from the Lord. Pastor Daniel shared today that Satan may pressure you with the weight of other people's sadness or with stress from ministry, leaving you tired and weak. If you're feeling this way today, give it to God. Let him take that load and give you peace instead, along with a renewed strength to keep moving. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy, and the hard reality is, if it isn't messy for you now, it will be, 
and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, you can, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances of your life. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel encourages you to ask questions. It's human nature to want to know more, to gain knowledge and find the answers. God's not scared of your inquiries. Pastor Daniel will share that your questions can be an invitation from God to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Don't be afraid to take your questions before your loving Heavenly Father. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called The Secret Sauce. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.